Hey everyone, I'm Luke Manna, and welcome to City Lights Global Focus Podcast. You know, in the midst of an ever-changing world, it is so easy to scroll through all these headlines and wonder, God, where are you? So with this podcast, we really want to slow down and discover all that Jesus is doing across the globe. So join us as we share stories and conversations with our global partners, as well as discussions on specific topics related to God's mission. Well, hello, everyone. It's awesome to sit here with John and Rachel today. And I'm really excited for this conversation because how long have you guys been where you're at right now? Um, it will be 11 months tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. So it's been 11 months, almost a year. That's kind of crazy coming yeah. up. And I was thinking it's been a while and you've gone through the cycles of culture shock and still are. But uh, in our conversations, we've just seen you guys really starting to make a home, get in a rhythm, you're learning language and culture. And so I want to talk about that uh, today to help our church really connect with you even on a daily basis. Like, what does life look like for you guys? Um, so that's what I want to do today. I'm excited for this conversation. Um, but yeah, guys, first, just I would love give us a day in the life of the Hastings uh, in your city in Central Europe. <laughs> <laughs> what does that look hey. like for you? <laughs> okay, so like a normal day where we have language learning stuff, we probably get up around seven. Um, John usually does, makes breakfast, which is great. Um, and we try to do like our time reading our Bibles and stuff in the morning. Um, and then our paths diverge. John goes to language school, um, which is about... 35 or so minutes by public transit. Sometimes, a lot of times closer to an hour. A lot of times closer to an hour. Um, and then he's there for three hours and then has an hour back. So it's like a five-hour endeavor for him to just get to language school, be at language school, and come back home. And, and that's, that's two hours of public transportation usually. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it, it depends on the day. And uh, honestly, it mostly depends on the construction. In in <laughs> Omaha and in Nebraska, you you always had to deal with the road construction. But here it's just all of the the U-Bahn and the S-Bahn lines are constantly there. They're doing something with them. Which so that's like the subway, basically. Yeah. Um, and then while John's at language school, I um so I meet with a language tutor one-on-one who I've been working with since September and um, her name is Beth. She's amazing. She comes to our house and she has this really cool static clean paper that she puts on our wall and uses as like a dry erase board. And, um, I spend a good hour just working on my German with her. Yeah. And she's just fabulous. Um, she's so good at her job. She's just really a lovely person. And now our walls are literally covered in these sheets of my German language learning notes. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then, um, I also meet with a tandem language partner, which is someone who they want to practice their English and I want to practice the language that they are fluent in. And so we just meet and have like coffee and go for a walk and just spend time 50-50 in each language. Um, and so I have those things, the tutoring and the language partner meetings, like interspersed throughout my week. Um, and then the rest of that time might be doing like admin stuff. It might be running errands. It might be helping a teammate with 
something I've been doing a lot of um, watching other team members, children, so that the parents can do things that they need to do or have some time to themselves. So yeah, since we're still in this language learning phase, we have a, a little bit more flexibility. So each day looks, uh, look, can look very different from the next, depending upon the day of the week and everything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, those are really the two main focuses either during a day when we are primarily focused on, on language learning or um, we'll have some sort of cultural thing, whether that be, uh, one of our cultural cohort meetings or, or doing different homework assignments or um, uh, just also trying to get out into the city and mm. uh, interact with people and interact with the the history and, and the, the language. And um, funny thing about life here, we grocery shop two or three times a week because our refrigerator freezer is not big enough to hold mm-hmm. enough food for a whole week. And also the food doesn't last that long. Yeah. Like it's much less preserved. So a grocery trip can be a very normal part of an average day where we like walk. Yeah. There are a lot of people here who will genuinely, they will grocery shop one day at a time and they'll go in, they'll pick out just what they need for that day. And then, um, yeah, that's very normal. It's just, it's a little bit of a slower pace and you kind of, you feel that in, uh, I guess the infrastructure for lack of a better Mm -hmm. word. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the, um, uh, same with like having to navigate across town, like that takes a lot of time yeah. or our, our laundry machine, if we want to run one load of laundry, uh, like washing our, and drying, that's going to take at least five hours, probably wow. close to six. Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so it's, it is just kind of hard baked in. And, and that's, that was hard. I think at first, one of our teammates told us when we first got here, she was like, you have to change the way that you think about, uh, think about productivity. Um, because the way that they see efficiency in the way that in the U S we see efficiency is, is different. The U S leans more towards convenience. And so she told us that, that if you get one thing done in a day, you set one goal for yourself and you get that finished, um, especially when you're, you're first just arriving here, yeah. uh, th- then that day was a successful day. Um, mm-hmm. whether that be, I went out today and I bought some trash cans or <laughs> I, uh, figured out where the government office was that I needed to go to or, or whatever that or might look like. how to buy, where to buy semi-decent tortilla chips, which grocery store Amen. and where it is within the store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was another thing we didn't think about before we got here. So we walked to the grocery store, which we are really well located. So we have several that are five to 10 minutes from us walking. And it's like, oh, if I go to the grocery store, I've got to be able to carry all of this back with me. So that also limits how much you get at a time. Yeah. 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 You don't just load it all, take the cart out into the Walmart parking lot and load it into the back of the the car, the van, like you were (laughs) used to. It's, um, uh, it's a little bit more involved. Yeah. yeah. So real quick, I want to jump in. You mentioned a culture cohort as one of these things that you guys have. Um, help our church know, what does that look like? So it is a group um, where we, along with other people in our organization who are in the same country, meet with a like okay. language and culture coach who's also with our organization um, and lives in the same country. And they have us do like different readings and 
assignments and discussions that we have on a monthly basis, like on a video call, um, where we're learning more about both culture and cultural differences in general, and then things that are more specific to where we are located. Yeah, it's a lot of observational work. Um, uh, I, usually what will happen is that each month we're given a sheet that has like 20 or 30 questions on it that like just kind of as you're going throughout your day, you are supposed to be uh, looking out for like trying in to different no- areas of life. Yeah. Trying to notice cool. like how do people interact with each other at the grocery store? What type of clothing are people wearing in different settings? Um, when do people talk? to each other like when will someone talk to a stranger like what would prompt that happening what sort of uh personal space do people give each other in in a um when waiting in line at the bank or when um talking with a friend or when sitting at a coffee shop like how do those how do those things vary and so it's Mm. a a lot of people watching yeah um, honestly and then getting together and talking about what you're seeing that is that's a huge part of it Yeah. And they'll be themed from month to month. So November, December, the focus was on like the church Hmm. and the state of the church. So one of our assignments was to visit a variety of different churches and then to do an observation sheet Hmm. based on that of like really good things we saw and things that were maybe like, maybe were different for us or concerning, or we're like, oh, this is something that I would normally expect to have in a church experience. And this wasn't there. And then like pulling apart, like, okay, why, why is that? What does that mean? What does that say about maybe what, what this particular church or denomination values? And so, Mm. or the country as a whole, or the country as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's awesome guys. So you're really looking at the structures of culture, the visible parts of culture, and you're really learning deep down then these values that are the roots of these cultures. Wow. That's really exciting. It's kind of fun too, like a culture scavenger hunt. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Yeah. We, we get to, it's a lot of learning. Mm-hmm. That's, that's basically like our whole job right now is to observe and to reflect and then to try to learn something. Um, and so it's helpful to have a group and kind of the, a cultural expert, so to speak, who's mm-hmm. kind of like guiding us through. Yeah, we've been really appreciative of our, our organization and how many structures they have in place to really ch- help you try to start well in your first year, especially on the field. And I know we've talked about it, but can you share like the motivation of why? Why take so much time these first year, two years, three years of just to really learn? Well, yeah, at the heart of all of those things is, is the same same sort of thing. We had somebody share an example of um, how if you had somebody who wanted to share a message with you and they came from another country, but they uh, when they moved, uh, what they decided to do was they uh, they bought the most expensive house on the block. They uh, drove nothing but uh, like Ferraris around and stuff like that. And then when they came and talked to you, like they they're they just like they look super gaudy or or whatever. Then when they come to talk to you, they like they don't even know your language. They're they're speaking in some other language entirely. And they kind of painted this picture and they're like, how would you receive that person? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to listen to whatever it is that they have to say. And they're like, it 
can be a really similar feeling if you go into somebody else's culture and make no effort to try to learn the way that they do things and try mm. to honor the systems that are set in place and to take the time to be able to yeah read the signs have basic interactions it sends a similar yeah it, message yeah the gospel message is meaningless if you don't speak their language but then on a deeper level culture is language it's just as much as it would be off-putting that like oh well we can't communicate because we don't have a shared language it is also there can be those culture barrier cultural barriers that get in the way and things get lost in translation and so it's important that we we see and we understand and i think uh, our city is exceptionally there's just a high turnover like a lot of people come and go and come and go and come and go and for the people who who live here and who stay, it also says something when they see that you're really putting in the effort to learn their language, because it's a way to say, like, we are invested here. We want to see the city thrive. We want to see the people here do well. And yeah, trying to learn the language and the culture is a way to actually prove that with our actions and not just words. That's so beautiful because as you're sharing that, I mean, if you think about it, literally Hebrews talks about that's why we have confidence in Jesus is mm -hmm. because we don't have a God who doesn't understand or know what it's like to walk the path of a human, <laughs> walk the way of the human. Yet he did that without sin. And so really you're doing the same ministry that Jesus has done with us, all of us, is that you're stepping into their world, right? You're understanding them. You're living their life. You're looking at their heart, right? You're learning their language so that you you're know. washing your laundry at the same rate that they do. Yes. You're buying groceries at the same rate. You're enjoying preservative, free, healthy food, just like them. Such suffering there. <laughs> also that, you know, that when you have speak to someone's heart, they know like, oh, you know, you see me and you know, and this is relevant for me. That's beautiful, guys. I love that. So I, I thank you for that awesome reminder for us that we all need to be doing that wherever we're at. With that, as you've done all this work uh, and on this first year, what aspect of the culture have you learned that's been that you really appreciate and value of where you're living? I mean, I I have enjoyed the the slower pace. Um, mm -hmm. It's nice that uh, things don't feel quite as go 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 as as they did when we were in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, you know, if you're going to go eat in a restaurant or something, when you reserve a table, you are reserving the table for the entire evening. Like you're going to be there for, for a long time. And I, I think there are really a lot of things we love. Um, we're outside a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we just walk more than we ever did. And there are just a lot of beautiful parks here and people love to be outside, especially when the sun is shining because we don't get a lot of sun for half of the year. And so when the weather is nice, everyone is outside. And it's just kind of fun to see people biking and walking and going on picnics. And there are lots of cool playgrounds for kids. The people here really care about taking care of the earth as much as we're able. And sometimes that goes to some maybe not super healthy extremes. But I would say there's a lot, much more like thoughtfulness around what you're consuming, what you're able to reuse, what you're able to recycle. Um, 
the things that you can live without. Actually, that's a really big cultural bridge that we have with the people here is that like we care about the world because God created it and because he created it it's it's like it's good and it's a good mm-hmm. gift and we want to steward it well and so even though the motivation for most people is not that here like that's a bridge we have because we both care about it even if the reason is different and we're hoping that like with some of our neighbors we're seeing that that may be an opportunity to like start having gospel conversations as we get to know them better so that's something i really appreciate here um also okay the bread and the pastries and the coffee are so very good. The coffee shops, okay, they have sections. Sometimes the whole shop doesn't allow laptops so that- Or like tech use. Or yeah. tech usage so that wow. people will come and like have face-to-face conversations and coffee wow. and pastries together. I'm like, that is a that is a value on- like relationships and people mm-hmm. that I don't know how that would go over <laughs> in <laughs> the US. I don't, I think it'd be a hard switch, but it's, and sometimes it is annoying. I I won't say that it isn't, especially <laughs> if you're thinking I'm going to go to work and then there's not a spot at a tech usage table available or <laughs> wow. the cafe doesn't allow it, you know, but there's also a really beautiful side to it where like you see people interacting with each other and like being really intentional about that. I think that that is really cool too. Wow. That's awesome. What about since living there, uh, what aspects of the culture have, have been really challenging? They have trivial. Do you want Yeah, you know? (laughs) (laughs) There are times I think with like recycling and stuff where um, the, the specific recycling bin that you need, particularly the paper bin is just always overflowing um <laughs> with with stuff and being able to get your get your things in before everybody else does so that uh you're but not... not be the neighbor that fills it up all by themselves <laughs> yeah yeah and that can be that can be a challenge or a, a frustrating part at times um there's also it is expected that if you are not at home to deliver to receive a package when you order it that it'll be delivered to a neighbor and then you need to go pick that up from that neighbor that's just like it feels more secure for for whatever i mean because then they're like okay well it's with somebody there's no way that's going to get stolen off my porch or or anything like that but this creates a lot of complications let's say hypothetically a package gets delivered to a business and then that business is closed for several days but the package was time sensitive and now you can't get the thing that you needed which was maybe your language school books and <laughs> or even just when we first moved here it was like our language was so limited and um sometimes it was a little bit more of a complicated interaction depending upon what what exactly it was that you were you were needing or or sometimes that. your neighbor that accepts the package then goes out of town and then you just can't pick up your package. Which those things are not supposed to happen. Like they'll ask you, will you, are you okay with taking this? And the, if you can't take it, then you're supposed to just tell people no, but that doesn't, that's not always how it works out in practice. <laughs> so those are, those are a couple of trivial things, which mm-hmm. ultimately I think those are the things that can feel the most frustrating mm-hmm. from a culture stress standpoint. They just are little things that kind of pile up over time. 
then going a little bit deeper with it, the city we're in is it can be really isolated. Both one of the fantastic things about the city, and then also one of the hardest is that it is set up to be really uh, like it's subdivided. Uh, is maybe the best word. Like um, they they call it the Keats system, and it's this idea that like every neighborhood should have everything that you need in it so essentially you should never really need to leave like this three or so mile zone around wherever you're living um uh, and there's like a specific list of like things that need to be in the area that the government like tries to encourage certain businesses to open there and things like that i I think so that can be really great because like rachel said like we don't have to go halfway across town for groceries or things like that and it can create can create a sense of community but it can also just as easily create a sense of isolation. And the city that we live in, I think both because of that and because it tends to be really transient, there are a lot of people who are here de- here today and then moving on to whatever's next. And that can also just create this really big sense of isolation for a lot of people. 50% of all households within our city are single person households. There's been a certain aspect in which they've like, it's like we've lost the art of, of friendship or, or fellowship wow. um, or community. And um, I think that that is one place that we would really like to see the gospel work to be able to, you know, strengthen those bonds and encourage people to interact with neighbors and with. Uh, and the history of the city also plays into that. There yeah. can be a lot of mistrust, particularly for people who are over the age of 30 and who have lived in the city for a long time. I mean, Europe in general has a complicated history, but that also feeds into that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't grow up under the the police state, your parents did, um, mm-hmm. and you were raised by somebody who experienced that, and there is kind of yeah, yeah, neighbors reporting on neighbors and who can you trust, and uh, wow, it's yeah. hard to that doesn't just like go away when the wall comes down, yeah. you know. Obviously, you're learning this still, but as far as you can see now, what would you say? What's the core thirst of the culture that you're? experiencing as you're just that outside observer you're doing your homework you're getting to know people it's kind of the that thirst of the culture i think that there there is probably a pretty strong emphasis on just that idea of wanting to be known um wanting to be known and to be be accepted as uh yeah um as somebody that's valued and loved and you can people are are trying to pin that constantly into so many different things and i i think that think people feel isolated because they're not having that need met um even if they're in relationships those relationships aren't often aren't at a depth that's really satisfying it's a lot of um more casual or superficial and yeah transient like we said there's no there's no permanence to it and yeah, that has to be grounded in something that that sense of knowing that I'm loved, knowing that I uh, that I belong um, comes from knowing that God loves me, mm-hmm. that I'm accepted by him and that I belong in his family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I think that that will play uh, does play a big role in people seeing and, and coming to know mm-hmm. Jesus. 
Well, thank you guys. I think there's one last big detail and we've talked about it in our last conversations too, but um, I'd love you guys to share a little bit as you're stepping into language and culture in this new world, that incarnational ministry we talked about, which is awesome, but you're not doing it alone. Uh, you guys have been sent to a team and you're serving shoulder to shoulder with a team. So do you guys mind taking a moment just sharing uh, about your team and why? Why did you go with the with Jim specifically, Greater Europe Mission? Yeah, our our journey, if you've listened to us share our story at any point, is a little unique because we we really weren't on this path of going as global workers. Um, God intersected us at um, a missions conference at Grace University, the last one before it closed. And um, the head of GEM happened to be the main speaker there. So some of it was that our first exposure was to GEM. God used GEM very much in our calling story and even to direct us to the location that we're currently at. So I think that did have something to do with it. But then as we got to know the people in the organization better, um, we just saw that they really value the longevity and the integrity of their workers and the work that they're doing. So the mission of GEM is um, to see the multiplication of disciples and grow Christ's church. And um, we want to see Europe become a catalyst where the gospel's again, going out into the rest of the world to reach all of the unreached peoples. And so for that to happen, you need workers who are emotionally, spiritually, like holistically healthy. And that doesn't mean you just put those expectations on the people and be like, okay, join our organization, be this, but they provide so many resources to be able to do that. And support. Yeah. There were so many ways in which we were just supported from start to finish of of this process and continue to be, I mean, like what we talked about with the cultural program and and everything that we went through before we got uh, here too, there was just, there was no shortage of people that were reaching out, that were checking in, that were helping us to walk through this really difficult and stressful thing, but also this thing that God had called us into mm-hmm. um, and to remind us of that calling and stuff. Yeah. And as we've gotten here, our team has just been amazing. Like, even though we don't see most of our teammates day to day, um, there are some that we interact with and work more closely with. I don't know, just, yeah, the level of support they provided from day one has been amazing. Like they met us at the airport, they gave us hugs, they loaded our stuff up into a taxi, they lugged it up a hundred stairs, they took us to lunch and kept us awake. And that was like day one, And I can honestly say like, we've continued to feel so supported and like they have a desire to know us and to be known by us. Um, We get to be bonus aunt and uncle to a whole bunch of kids um, who are really fabulous, who are on the field here. So I think the team here um, in our city is currently like 15 adults or close, including us. And then 10-ish maybe 15 kids, like it's about a 50, 50, um, (laughs) ratio. And so I don't know, just to get to see the ways that, that God is working through the other families on our team is really exciting. And then to just be able to, I don't know, to send them a message. Like in the early days, it was like, okay, what's the phrase that we need to say when we need to pick up an Amazon package for a neighbor? 
or where can I buy towels? And now it's more things like, so they changed our street name. Do we need to re-register? And (laughs) just having people that you can bounce those questions off of who've been there before, who've been as elated to be here as we feel sometimes and as discouraged with the way things are going Mm -hmm. and who will just let you come over and sit on their couch if you just need to like be around other people but not talk like I don't know I just feel like our team has been yeah they've just, just wonderful yeah, they, they have been a, a huge blessing in so many ways now is this the house church also there are some of our team members are a part of the house church but then others are uh are a part of other church-based ministries and stuff so the house church is another has been another layer of support though um through the transition and and ultimately the goal would be that then we would be able to to plant our own house church out of this house church so that you know it, it continues to grow and then we can support people in the same way that we were supported mm-hmm. um yeah. And a cool thing about our house church, we just commissioned our first global workers yesterday. Um, wow. A family from our house church is going to France um, as global workers. And it's really cool. So it's a, a couple, um, a German man and an American woman. They've been married for not quite 10 years and have two small kids. And um, so they've been in the process and we're there sending church. And we are like, we've sent them off. And so we'll be helping them move actually on Saturday, like pack up the moving truck and, and go. Um, So it's just cool to see how even a smaller body of believers can fulfill, like is a church and can do all of the things that like we see the church in Acts doing. That's really amazing. And then these house churches, are they uh, in the language of the culture that you're in? It depends on the house church. Um, the one that we are a part of is pretty international currently. So we're we are in English with a little bit of German intermixed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the And but, some Sundays we're in German. Yeah. It just depends on who's there. Who's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and that's the great, that is the, the beautiful part of having something that is small like that is that you have a lot of flexibility. And it's very... Um, easily reproducible. That's awesome. Is that one of the pieces that Jim then and what you're joining is this uh, church planting movement in your city, many different languages too, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, there's another house church. Um, Arabic speaking and. Um, yeah. That, so some of the house churches here get together for like bigger celebrations like Easter mm-hmm. Um and we'll like all meet in a park and multiple house churches are working and like all together. And so this past Easter, the sermon was happening concurrently in English and in German, and then was being translated into Arabic and to Russian like at the same time. It was just like, How beautiful. What? Yeah. <laughs> the picture of the kingdom right there. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you. Seriously. Thank you for inviting us into your world and into your life. It helps us even know how to pray. So just to finish off, um, how can our church best uh, be praying for you and sending you guys into this? 
I think the biggest thing right now is that uh, we're joining and, and uh, just stepping more full time into the training and, and preparing to launch process of that uh, ministry. Yeah. And of that uh, of that church planting, house church planting network. Um, uh, we're, we're a part of a cohort of about 10 other people, uh, that are all, all participating, um, focused, focusing on these like disciple making movements. And, um, that's going to take place over the next six months that we'll be a part of this training and, and stepping more into that. So that would be something that we would really appreciate prayer for. Not um, only that we would just take in the information, but that we would also be able to apply it. There's a lot of hands-on like going out and practicing what you learned. The other thing would be we're making a, a brief trip back to the U.S. Um, and we're we're really excited for that for uh, to be able to see family and uh, one of Rachel's siblings is having their first baby and so we're just we're really grateful for that. But we would appreciate prayers that uh, God would just uh, help us to use that time well. Um, uh, that He would keep us healthy, keep keep everything kind of kind of on the rails as as we're going here. So. Um, that would be a, a huge prayer request as well. We'll also be praying for smooth travels. Uh, you want to share real quick what you shared about your flight? <laughs> yeah, we. Um... Our airport here is striking on the day that our flight was supposed to go out, which is Wednesday. So today's Monday. We found out this afternoon that the airport's going, going to strike. strike. And uh, so we were kind of thrown into crazy mode as we we tried to get a hold of the airline and they agreed to to move our flights up. But it means we have to fly out at 6 a.m. tomorrow, which uh, is not very long from now. Yeah, we <laughs> so we've got like about five or six hours to get everything packed up and start moving towards the airport because it's like an hour and a half across town to get there, especially when you're traveling in the middle of the night and public transit is running a little more infrequently. So, <laughs> well, I am shocked you still wanted to record this. So thank you. Thank you for wanting our church to know you and inviting you into your life. And with that being said, though, we're going to end it here so that you guys can <laughs> go pack and leave and we'll see you soon. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Luke. Thank you, John and Rachel. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Global Focus Podcast. You know, my hope is that we all can take another step forward in engaging with God's mission that He graciously invites all of us into. This could look like becoming a sender by adopting one of our global partners. You can do this by signing up to their email list, reading their updates out loud over the dinner table, regularly praying over their requests, and even supporting them financially. Finally, if God is doing something in your heart and you want to discover more about how to engage in God's mission to grow and to serve in this area, we would love to hear from you. So please reach out. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.